Hi, and welcome to ProPrac. I'm Kira Brukurek. And I'm Nicole Breeden. You're listening to How Are You Today? A spin-off series where we call an artist and check in with how coronavirus is affecting them and ask them to share their worries and their hopes for the future. Hey Jesse, how are you going? I'm good. I am very, very tired after a long week of homeschooling, but I we are thankfully, um, mercifully ending the week on a pretty up note, so that's nice. That's great. Um, some good news maybe? Um, just that we are taking advantage of Victoria's allowance that you can get a family member to babysit. And we are, me and my sister are doing babysitting exchanges and my nephew is over this afternoon, which has made my daughter very, very happy. So when she's happy, that makes a big difference. (laughs) I was going to ask if um, your week structure, do you do anything on differently on the weekend to the weekday to kind of break it up a little bit, break up the weeks? Uh, Yeah, it's very, it's actually it is actually surprisingly very different on the weekend. I think it might mm-hmm. might be different for people in different circumstances, but because we do homeschooling through the week and my partner is working full time um, on Monday to Friday, um, mm-hmm. it feels very busy and sometimes very stressful during the week. Um, we don't have the kind of rushing around to get to and from places, which is good, yeah. but just pushing my daughter through, um, you know, set six or seven activities every day and trying to <laughs> keep my other mm. daughter who's two years old, you know, out of trouble at the same time and yeah. all that stuff. Um, so on the weekend, it's actually really relaxed um, yeah. and we stay in our pajamas for ages and we sort of don't, I mean, we haven't explicitly stated it, but we kind of don't do anything we don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Really nice. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've actually been wondering that if there is some people who feel a little bit of relief, you know, just putting the brake a little bit on activities. We're not like an overscheduled family or anything. We don't yeah. have, you know, Evie doesn't have any extracurricular activities in particular mm-hmm. on the weekend, but um, we definitely have a lot of family socialising to do, like a lot of people to catch up with, a lot of mm-hmm. birthday parties, mm. shopping, you know, like, and um, getting them out of the house and <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, it definitely, all of that has fallen away and it's a lot easier to just do a video call to your parents, um, than it is to have to drag all the children into the car and, you know, like it's all that, um, getting them to and from places and shifting them out of one mode into another that actually is really stressful. I think with small kids, because they, they don't want to change what they're doing. They get stuck in a mode and they don't want to leave it. I was wondering, Jesse, if you wouldn't mind um, kind of letting us know if you have been kind of affected in any way by the current situation. Obviously, you've got your kids at home with you now, um, but is there anything else that's kind of like shifted in your life or in terms of your practice? Um, yes, to some degree. I'm I'm doing a PhD at the moment, and so I'm studying two days a week, and probably for about the first six weeks of lockdown, I wasn't really I wasn't able to maintain that mm-hmm. um, because I really had to get my head around how to manage homeschooling and that just was like the priority. And we tried for a while to kind of, you know, my partner was getting used to working from home and we tried to kind of do half-half days, but it just wasn't working. And so until we were able to get the babysitting thing happening, um, 
I just really had to like temper my expectations of like what I could do and I had I had a public outcome that was meant to be in June and that's been cancelled mm. and so I really had to adjust um expectations around that as well and yeah I feel like um because of the particular situation I'm in in that I'm studying and on a scholarship and it's part-time I that was okay to shift that outcome and I didn't have any money invested in it yet and so yeah it's sort of it hasn't hurt me it's just changed what I've my timeline if that makes sense totally Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. do you think it's gonna have to shift the way um the project that you're working on for that outcome is gonna take form or like are you adapting with it or are you just kind of putting things on pause for the moment in terms of outcomes? Um, I, the, the particular outcome of this project is in the form of a lending library and it, it really plays on the idea of bringing people into contact with objects in space um, and so it really does require the, the shifting of the lockdown to work <laughs> but it mm. also doesn't, it doesn't require a lot of people to be in the space at any one time and so I'm hoping that... Um, you know, even if we're looking at change circumstances still in, you know, next year, um, that I'll still be able to manage it uh, if we're still social distancing to some degree, that I'll still Mm -hmm. be able to adapt to that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I have to think through all those things really carefully, but it's really, you know, we don't have any certainty yet, so there's no point in, like, going there yet, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. So it's like you just have to kind of push it away and I'll deal with that. I'm actually, that's something that I'm really good at now is just dealing with what's in front of me and mm. and dealing with that and then stressing about the other thing when it's in front of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enforced mindfulness. Well, it's like, yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's been really interesting when the lockdown first started happening, Nicole and I started kind of writing contingency plans um, as to as things were changing and shifting and as borders were closing about projects that we were working mm. on and like mm. sending them out to all the different organisations and any, anyone who was kind of working on that project and then it just seemed ridiculous like the next week all oh. of those contingency plans were mm. redundant. Mm. And mm. Them, <laughs> yeah, right. So it's just like it's you're so right it, it is so pointless to kind of be um, thinking about certain things when we have no idea what the future is going to be and um, kind of really needing to just like focus on you know what is the day ahead rather than like six months ahead or whatever. Exactly yeah Mm -hmm. Mm. and I've you know so with my PhD I've shifted from I was going to be doing heaps of production this year um, Mm -hmm. and and travel and so now I'm like okay well I will get stuck into writing because that's something that I can do and that's not so bad because you know that's probably the thing that I would have put off (laughs) 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 but of course you know when I say that it's like I get up to my studio I have my studio day and I it's so hard to turn my brain on and Mm. if I get you know two or three good hours out of that day then that's great but I also can't I can't make myself, you know, um, it is what it is, you know, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm operating under this huge amount of stress. And so if my brain's yeah. a bit slower and, you know, if I have to take, if I feel like it gets to a point where I'm just not functioning much at all, then I'll probably take leave or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 
Um, is there anything that's, uh, you know, in the, in the wider sense of what's happening with um, coronavirus right now, is there anything that's uh, specifically worrying you about um, what's happening in the world or in the arts industry or, um, you know, what, what might come um, in the future? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that's mean, a very loaded I... question. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, no, it's good to talk about. I was saying to someone the other day that, like, you know, we're so, um, we're in a relatively good situation here in Australia and it feels like we've dodged a bullet and, you know, mm -hmm. there will be other outbreaks and I know that, you know, it's not all over yet by any means, but I was walking down the street and it was a sunny day and it felt really nice. I was out for my walk and I went and got a coffee from the local cafe and, um, and it's just like as soon as I sort of start relaxing, there's just this um, feeling of dread that kind of comes back in. Like, mm -hmm. and it's because I think, you know, there are so many places in the world where this is really, I can't stop thinking about America. I can't stop thinking mm -hmm. about Europe. Like I have friends all over the world. It's not, it's actually made me feel a lot like closer to the rest of the world and like the world yeah. is a lot smaller. I don't feel separated from them because it's like, oh, yeah, that friend's got a, a, you know, family in Taiwan or that, that person's got yeah. family in New York or, you know, like I've got a friend in LA, I've got, you know, friends in England, like it's not, and family in England, like it's not, um, it, I don't, I, it feels like weirdly unifying in that way actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. That just because we're doing well here, like we're still connected to the rest of the world. Yeah. Totally, totally. And I, I've been... Um, thinking about that too in terms of what that's going to mean for our arts community and when mm. we're kind of able to kind of emerge from this period of isolation and kind of go back to producing artwork and showing it, what does it mean for our friends and colleagues in other countries who won't have that and who may not um, have kind of institutional support like we do and where does that then even put our own practices in terms of a global market and a global like um economy of the arts it, it's just going to shift so much and mm. it um we don't know what that's going to look like which can be kind of scary but yeah I just am really feeling for all of our arts community across the world absolutely and, yeah. yeah I mean what yeah what it brings home for me as well is um yes I mean what's happened in the arts community in Australia is terrifying we haven't you know like it's like this um, slow-moving train crash that we haven't seen the other side of yet, you know. Yeah. Like we don't know until the lockdown ends what it's actually going to look like for not just the arts but everything. And I, it makes me think to myself and want to ask all artists, like, what do we actually think our job as artists is, you know? Like, you know, is it about having a career? Is it about, you know, being part of, like you say, a market or – is there something else that as artists we are responsible to mm -hmm. um, and where does that leave us in times like this? Like is it just about being able to continue functioning the way we were before or is there some other way that we can operate through this time that, uh, that you know, that, that taps into some deeper role for artists? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, as well that kind of highlighting of like um, that, sometimes in arts um in art space and the role of the artist sometimes feed across many different platforms and like i think that is so highlighted with what is happening with carriage works how an arts 
space can function on so many levels and be so much a part of the community in different ways and for different members of the public that space functions as different things and um, you know what yeah and how that the ripple effect um, on the wider community when those things um, are no longer able to operate or those artists aren't able to show or those vendors aren't able to be at their weekend market and yeah and what happens in the void you know that's left behind as well who steps into that breach and what how does that reshape our culture as well you know because they were talking about Sydney Opera House taking over that venue and how does that shift what happens there and what communities access it and you know these are things that we all need to watch really carefully I think during this time just to kind of brighten it a little bit (laughs) I just want to ask um what are you hopeful for right now um I I feel like a lot of things on a personal level just I feel like it's a process I've been in since I since I had kids and definitely since my second arrived of mm-hmm. clarifying what things are really important in my life what I want what do I want to spend time on who I want to spend my time with and how all those things sit in a balance you know with with family life and with work and you know personal ambition and I feel like um, as soon as the kind of lockdown started, I had this like urgent need to make contact with to, with friends, you know, to like um, reach out and, and sort of set up times to, you know, have Zoom chats and discos and all kinds of like funny activities that we've been involved in in the last couple of weeks. And, um, and I feel like that is something that like other people I know um, who had heretofore previously been so overtaken by um their incredibly workaholic lifestyles <laughs> um that other people seem to be kind of like having that moment as well of like well it, actually we have the technology to keep in touch with each other and why yeah. don't we you know like yeah. and what a friend of mine used to say you don't waste time together you spend time together or something like mm-hmm. that I can't remember it's probably some you know famous <laughs> aphorism but those those friendships and connections are so important to me and mm-hmm. yeah that's that's what I hope like people especially in the art world I feel like you tend to only hang out with the people who are right in front of you yeah and and yeah like there's there's actually no reason for that like there there is yeah there are ways to keep in touch and be be connected to each other so I hope that people start prioritizing that more you know I'm really interested to see how that plays out because I think that there's that extreme of like some people are so overworked right now in these new systems and like will will it kind of will there be another kind of wave of relief when people kind of enter back into their jobs and they're like, oh, I do have this kind of time again when I get home from work that is now separated again. And I think it's going to be like a, a bit of an evolution of people rediscovering what what their time means to them. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. And like what, what feels good to do with that time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, people, I've seen a lot of snarky comments about how the revolution isn't going to be one making sourdough and stuff like that. <laughs> and I, I get the, I get the jokes. The jokes are funny, but also, I mean, like, I, <laughs> I can't see that it hurts that people are rediscovering their own personal um, capacities to provide for themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, yeah, the sourdough thing I think is really interesting because it's it's like 
it's obviously been on a lot of people's minds for a really long time. <laughs> that they wanna, I don't think everybody's just gone like, oh, sourdough, that's a thing to do right now. I think a lot yeah. of people have really wanted to do sourdough I think for it's... a really long time. And they're all of a sudden, they're just like, oh, now. Yeah. Now I, is the time. It's the perfect yeah. thing that kind of symbolizes something that you need to nurture. You need to give it a lot yeah. of attention. You totally. need to spend time with it. And like, that's all the things that we were kind of like pushing out of our lives. Yeah. As we were getting, like, work was encroaching more and more in different ways. And now it's like, oh, you know, a, like a reclamation of that the, space. The sourdough is yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so true. And for me, it's curing olives. I'm doing um, curing olives on my tree for the first time. Or oh, I've tried it oh, before beautiful. and always failed. So yeah. I'm really, it's one of those things you have to be careful and take time yes. with. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today always a pleasure no worries do you want to just um do a little shout out of your website or your instagram or both yeah sure um my website is jessiescott.tv and my main project uh instagrams are rainbow video with both o's as zeros mm -hmm. and um the coburg plan thank you so much for sharing that no worries thank you have a great weekend <laughs> yeah, you, you too, too. Right, um, see, right, see you guys. Thanks, Jessie. Bye. Bye. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and the elders of the lands that this podcast reaches you on today. We extend that respect to all First Nations people listening today and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. How Are You Today has been generously supported by the City of Melbourne's Quick Response Grants. Follow us at ProPrac Podcast on Instagram or email us at propracpod at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever you listen to podcasts on. Please stay in touch. We'd love to hear what you're up to as well.